Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So many times in the scriptures, especially the gospels, I'm routinely just astonished by what Jesus says, what he does, when he says things, how he says things. Like if I was Jesus' PR manager, uh, I'd have a real difficult time with my client, I think, most of the time. Today's gospel is a perfect example, right? The gospel starts by saying, I don't know if you caught this line, while still more people gathered in the crowd, a.k.a. as the crowds were growing, as his popularity was increasing, as momentum was building, he turns to them and says, this generation's an evil generation. And if I, again, if I was the PR manager, I'm in the background just like, oh my gosh. Like, Lord, what are you doing? Why are you saying these things? Are you trying to ruin everything? But it's lines like this in the scripture that attest, if you will, to the historicity of the Gospels and the historicity of Jesus. Like, if you were making all this stuff up, you wouldn't include this in the Gospel. You would have edited this line out to make him look more favorable. But the fact that it's included, the only reason you include a line like this is if the real Jesus said this kind of stuff. That's the only reason you would include it. And why would he say this kind of thing? Well, the first and obvious answer is he's not interested in rhetoric. He's not interested in playing up the crowds. He has, he's not like a politician trying to sway his voter base. He's not trying to just say the things that they want to hear. He came, as he says to Pilate, he came to testify to the truth. He came to shine light into the darkness, right? And that's difficult, that's painful, it's uncomfortable for people who are sitting in the darkness of lies. So he says to the crowds, and he's saying to us, this generation is an evil generation. Like we heard in the scriptures yesterday that the word of God is not chained, it's living, it's effective. The word of God is speaking to us. Like you don't think that when Jesus said this generation is an evil generation, he was just simply talking, talking to or talking about the people you know, first century Jerusalem, first century Palestine. He's talking about us. He's ta- it's not as though every generation after them was like, well, you're terrible, but the people after you, they're going to be great. No, no, it's like every son and daughter of Adam and Eve is in the same boat. We're in the same boat. So what is the evil that they and we are guilty of? He says it's seeking after signs. Seeking after signs. What does that mean? They were looking, just like we often look sometimes, for extra evidence to corroborate the claims of Jesus, extra evidence to bolster our faith, right? You have this generation, these people right in front of Jesus. I see you right in front of me. I see all the incredible things happening as a result of you. I see the effect that you're having. I hear what you're saying. I see the way you love, but I'm just not sure. I need a little something extra. And that might sound insane, but you and I, I think we do the same. There's just, there's a skepticism in our hearts. Like, I need, to give me, I need you to give me a sign, Lord. And he says the only sign that's going to be given is the sign of Jonah. The only sign you need to pay attention to is the sign of Jonah. What was the sign of Jonah? 
It was the passion, death, and resurrection. Right? Jonah, remember the story, right? Jonah is swallowed by the fish. He dies in the belly of the fish. It says he goes to Sheol, which is the realm of the dead, and it's from his place of death that he prays to the Lord, and he's vomited out on the shores of Nineveh. It's a sort of resuscitation from death to life kind of scene, and he becomes a prophet in this way. Like, the sign of Jonah is the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Like, if he really rose from the dead, then we don't really need other signs. Right? It means that he's the conqueror of sin and death and Satan and hell. It means that he's the Lord of history. It means he's the Lord of your life. It means he knows you and loves you and he won't lead you astray or lead you into harm. He won't deceive you. So when you sense, when you and I sense promptings of the Holy Spirit, right, movings and stirrings of the Spirit, when you feel led to do this thing or led to speak this or led to feeling led to move in a particular direction, you don't need to ask for signs to corroborate it. But we do all the time. I've done this, right? Like, Jesus, if you want me to talk to that person, then sometime today I need to see a Dalmatian with a bow tie walking down the sidewalk by a man in an orange tuxedo. Can you do that for me? And honestly, sometimes because God's so crazy and good, he'll give you that sign, right? He'll spell it out. He'll make it that obvious. But oftentimes he won't. Oftentimes he won't. The sign that we need is the resurrection, and that should be all that we need. So friends, today... uh, Let's just let our hearts be reminded again that we are here because we're people of the resurrection. It's the sign of Jonah. All right, what else do we need? Amen.